Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you're joining us from around the world. Welcome to Web3 Warriors, episode 58, featuring Shreya Bon, an amazing artist and a fashion designer and founder of Brush Brown Fashion Brands. Welcome, Shreya. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and talk about all things fashion and Web3. That's it. That's it. I appreciate you joining us. Uh, your art is truly breathtaking, and it's, uh, I'm really looking forward to being able to ask you about the fashion inspirations behind it and also some other questions that I, I have on my mind. So yes, welcome everyone to Web3 Warriors. I am your host, David Karoma. I go by Chrome in the Metaverse. And this week, as Treya just mentioned, we're going to be looking at the intersection of art and fashion in Web3. And uh, Shreya is an amazing guest to have uh, on the show for that topic because she does have a really cool fashion brand uh, as well as an NFT, a collection of NFTs or different NFT collections, I should say, um, that are really uh, inspired by fashion. And the colors just pop out and it's very clear that, you know, she's kind of merging the two uh, industries, the two genres and in a really interesting, creative way. So when we look at that intersection, right, between art and fashion, you know, right now, just this week, we had the Metaverse Fashion Week happening uh, in the spatial metaverse as well as Decentraland. Uh, shout out to Holotopia and all the other groups involved with that. It's been really cool to see. There's been a lot of uh, sustainability focus as well around that. So really cool to see just the way that already fashion is having a huge impact in Web3. And I think it has really from the beginning. When I first came into the space, looking at the metaverse, looking at what was possible, coming from kind of a gamer background, one of the first things I saw was just all the different type of wearables being sold as NFTs that you could wear in Decentraland or in crypto voxels. So it's always been a pretty interesting kind of angle of Web3. But I think it's really interesting to hear from people who have experience in the kind of traditional fashion world or even just making actual tangible uh, fashion items and see how they see that kind of blending with the Web3 and the uh, digital space. Uh, another thing that I've seen is the fidgetal concept, right? So you can actually purchase an NFT, even a digital wearable, and actually get like the physical clothing that matches that wearable. So that's just a few kind of angles of what I've seen so far when looking at that kind of intersection of uh, art and fashion in Web3. You can also visit our metaverse spot at web3warriors.io and sign the guestbook to be entered in to win a uh, limited edition Avril 15 derivative wearable for the metaverse. Uh, so that's at web3warriors.io. Appreciate everybody who's already signed that. Um, and without further ado, really want to jump over to Shreya here and hear about her kind of projects and the many kind of really interesting, innovative angles that she's taken on this intersection between fashion and art. Uh, maybe before we dive into your NFTs and everything you've got going on, Shreya, could you give us a little bit of background, just, you know, where you're coming from and what brought you into Web3? Absolutely. Uh, so I've worked in fashion actually about 12 years now, and it was... Um, I think at the end of 2021, when a few friends sort of introduced me to NFTs and they were showing me that the projects like World of Women uh, and, you know, the projects which are women-centric and they're also cre women creating women art. Uh, and that's what I was already doing on Instagram, but that was obviously not um, helping me financially, to be honest. I was just doing it because I was... Everybody was under COVID and it was just kind of a time when I had a lot of time. So I started uh, posting my art on Instagram. They sort of introduced me to the NFT space and they said like, you need to come on Twitter and you need to like start chatting with like-minded people. So I entered from a group which was uh, women of color and um, it was just a lovely space to be in where I could see that everybody was being very supportive something that you don't really see on instagram because there's a lot of gatekeeping that happens on instagram if you're already quite popular then it's like part of system you know that's not so free-flowing as i feel like web3 is and i kind of um you know really was thankful for that support and i thought okay let's just take the plunge and drop a collection so i think it was within two weeks of me being on twitter I uh, dropped a collection on OpenSea uh, of uh, 11, uh, 11 pieces and it sold out in, like, as I was dropping them, they were sitting out and I could not believe what was happening wow. with me because I had not. So you're one of those incredible. success stories that, that probably inspired other people like, hey, I can do this too. I'll go sell overnight, right? <laughs> that they should just try it out just definitely give it a shot because 
I never expected that to happen. It was obviously shocking. I could see that people were interested and they were waiting. And it's a funny story that I actually dropped one before time because I was just testing it and I didn't know how it like works. So by mistake, I actually put like put the price and it was on sale. And it sold out even before the rest of the collection was out. And the person who bought it, she messaged me and she said, I'm sorry, but I was dying to buy it. So I just bought it. <laughs> Couldn't and, wait. Uh, yeah, it was just so fun to see like people actually genuinely interested in your art and your story. And that was, it, it was literally no looking back since then. And um, yeah, I've dropped a lot of other collections as well since then. I've done a, a lot of one-of-one, one, uh, like basically try to improve my art and I went into like a lot of details. So then I started creating like smaller collections. Uh, and yeah, it's been very interesting so far. Like my work has been shown at the She NFT, which happened in Amsterdam. Um, I spoke at NFT London. I'm also speaking at NFT NYC. So very excited for that. And hopefully my work will also be at the Times Square. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed for that. Just waiting to see no that doubt. happen. Times Square. That would be epic if I see uh, a couple of your pieces at the NFT NYC in Times Square <laughs> while I'm out there. Um, yeah, really. Congratulations. Yeah. That's amazing. We always like to hear those uh, success stories, you know, right out the gate. Um, and your art does kind of speak for itself. Like those colors really pop. And I can see how, you know, people, especially, um, you know, starting of 2022, right? That's when this would have dropped. Yeah. So that was like yeah. still pretty peak, you know, the the bull run was still going at that point, I think. <laughs> and so people were even more eager to, to buy amazing art, like uh, these colors that pop off the screen here. That's, that's really awesome. So you came kind of from the Instagram background and somebody pulled you in and was like, hey, you know, you could probably make some money on this amazing art you're making. So looking at the Brushbound brand, did that predate your Web3 entry? Yeah. And what was the kind of inspiration behind that? So I've always, uh, so I've worked in fashion. I worked like literally every department of fashion. So I worked as a designer. I worked in marketing operations, does everything. Uh, and Brushbound is actually my second brand. So I did have a brand earlier also uh, when I was back in India. But I uh, started this in 2019. And uh, so it was just before COVID actually. And um when I started it was because I wanted to create like a very neat, sustainable brand, which is focused on prints. Uh, and I've, I live in London, which is like gloomy all the time. Everybody's only wearing black and white and green and navy. So I was just like, can I just bring in some form of color in everyone's life? And just there like a dopamine hit. I, I honestly, I'm so happy because um, I haven't sold out my fashion collection, but whoever wears it, always sends me a message saying your clothes make me happy and that's all that i wanted that's awesome uh, and that you know what my, was my aim that i haven't made a lot of collections i made very small collections because i don't want to mass produce anything um all the fabric is sustainable and i want to keep it like that i just want to keep it like slow fashion keep it going alongside nfts and i've kind of tried to merge the two things as well um yeah that's, that's, that's how really I, cool that's yeah, and that's funny how you make that contrast with gloomy London and these colors, they definitely pop. So that was some necessary uh, bright vibes, you know, making people happy out in gloomy London. <laughs> um, so have you connected? Have you made that connection yet? What we might call fidgetal um, in the space here, the idea that maybe they purchase an NFT and they get maybe a discount on a, on a clothing item or they actually get a clothing item sent to them. Have you looked at that concept? Yes. yet? Yeah. Yeah, so when I dropped the first collection, actually, I gave uh, a physical art piece to them uh, of the NFT that they own. But I also gave them a discount for their friends and family, which they could like use and avail on uh, the website. Uh, whether they wanted to purchase some other art or they wanted to purchase clothes, um, they could use that discount. And it goes the other way as well. Like I feel like if you have... Uh, one of my clothes or something, then you are up for like a raffle or giveaway at any time. So I've kind of tried to merge the two things. And also the next collection that I'm making, I uh, haven't produced, like, I haven't done the sampling physically. I'm only doing the sampling digitally. I learned Clothes 3D and I started digital clothes on that. And I was like, okay, now I don't ever want to actually make samples because um, in fashion, uh, a lot of brands have gone sustainable in terms of the production, which is easy to do because you're producing a lot of pieces and that's where you can scale down and, you know, you can have sustainable practices. But I feel like sustainability is even more important at the time when you're sampling and designing because, you know, you might love something and you might create like 
a, like a samples, say samples or something they absolutely love, and you go ahead and produce them, uh, like mass produce them, but sustainably. But nobody really likes the design, so <laughs> the whole point is devoid. Yeah, so, what so you're I still getting waste the in the end, right? Absolutely, because I what I want to do is want to create with the people. So I want to like create a digital collection, and then I want to like sort of have like. You know, on Discord, I just want to go out there and ask people, like, which one do you like? And, you know, which one would you prefer? Do you like this color or that color? And I want to take that time, like, a good six months, one year, to, like, create a collection that is actually co-created with the people, with the community. Because that's something that you've gained, that I've gained from Web3, which is not there. And, like, there's no way to right. connect with your users nice. that directly. And, like, you know, in a group. So, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. So you've already done both sides kind of like, um, and it's really interesting. So it seems like you're almost taking a limited edition perspective on fashion even, right? So like you're, you're looking at sustainability, you don't want to have any waste with the sampling process. So you're doing that all digitally now. That's definitely commendable. Yeah. And so yeah, I think your kind of fashion brand might be even more like well suited, right? For kind of a NFT Web3 uh, merger, because it is fairly limited even on the physical side. And then you have the rarity on the on the digital side as well. Um, that's really neat. So you must have really good kind of relationships with your uh, customers and that. How, how do you feel about that as you scale up? You know, I'm sure you're planning to one day have a massive uh, fashion house and, <laughs> you know, buyers from all over the world. I wait for that to happen. Uh, but I, I want to take like uh, slow steps because, you know, this, play, this space, Web3 is also evolving so quickly. Every day I am learning something new. So I just want to take my time and just understand how it works. And, you know, sometimes there have been a few fashion brands who enter the space, which have, they are must, um, fast fashion brands that have entered the space without naming them. But they have had, like, when they entered, everybody was very excited about them entering the Web3 space. And they were like, oh, wow, this is going to be amazing because they're not a sustainable brand, but they had a good approach when they came to Web3. It was a rough world. And I was so sad for so many people. So they were like, you know, we trusted you in, in Web3 because you had a different strategy, but you pulled off a Web2 on us. So <laughs> it's, it's very important to like kind yeah. of uh, time. I, I want to learn. I want to speak to people a lot more. So I feel like going for these events really helps because I'm usually wearing my own uh, brand. And then I just gain how I, so you can't miss at any conference. Well, that's for sure. No doubt. Uh, but yeah, it's just because, you know, um, that's when I get to like really see everyone's reaction and what do they prefer, what do they not prefer and all of that. And of course, Discord, I feel, is a great way to also connect with consumers. Uh, I haven't actively done that because I am just still getting uh, a team together because I'm just losing uh, control over things right now because there's just so much happening with the IRL brand and WebP and all these conferences and everything. But I feel like it definitely has more scope of connecting with your consumers uh, and understanding them. And clearly the people who bought my NFTs are obsessed with colors and <laughs> not the maximalist. Yeah. So I like that with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool because you're kind of targeting the same audience, right? It's just and like people who are into art tend to be into fashion as well. And yeah, it's a very cool kind of niche that you've uh, carved out there. It's, it's really impressive. When you're looking at the inspiration behind your art, and it looks like since the art kind of mirrors the fashion, maybe they share their inspirations. But what is kind of the inspiration, I guess, first behind your fashion, and then you seem to carry that into the uh, NFT artwork? So actually, I think uh, because I started making the art first on Instagram, I would say the art is what has inspired the fashion. Um, although like established the fashion brand, you know, uh, before the NFTs, when I started making art, I actually uh, got inspired. I think like COVID was a difficult time for everyone. And I felt like uh, I've been working and there was never a pause. And I was just forced to like sit down and really think about like, do I want to do this for the rest of my life? Like what is really happening? Yeah. So I feel like we were all going through like a lot of changes and a lot of, you know, thoughts and a lot of things. So I, um, what I wanted to really express with my art was I, I only just want people to look at my art and get happy. And I know that's not possible all the time. <laughs> so I was always trying to have a message behind every art piece that I collected. There was like, you know, um, something like I'm done with negative thoughts and I would like to stay positive or even if it was like a pun on something like that 
uh, even as a joke uh, but there is always like a deeper uh, maybe a heavier meaning behind everything that i was creating uh, but i used a lot of bright colors because i just wanted to reach out to as many people as possible nice. um, and just like at least when they look at it like you know they'll they'll feel happy and then they'll be like oh that makes sense also so like almost like that and um, yeah and then that sort of translated into uh, the fashion because i was mixing a lot of colors and prints uh and obviously it's, it's probably not for everyone but i feel like most people get very excited seeing so many colors together and it's almost like i've been asked, like how do you even do this and i also have no idea but i just <laughs> literally like guys and i'm like okay look together like they're fine so let's just go with it yeah with the saturation and all of that so the fashion brand actually took from the art uh and then the nfts kind of look from fashion because i just can't keep fashion out of my life no so it's just like it's all mixed together and yeah it's it is going together it's taking inspiration from each other but yes the art always has like a deeper meaning behind it uh for sure yeah that's awesome that's really cool how it's kind of like they just it was like a symbiotic relationship right so there's like the art influenced the fashion but the art also captured fashion and then you spun that into a kind of new fashion line very cool that's really what web3 is all about you know just kind of like fueling your inspiration and you're just going for it um, it's really inspiring very impressive awesome awesome so looking at the images that you have here and also your fashion you definitely seem to be capturing a lot of diversity so how do you feel about I guess, bigger question, diversity in Web3 has been an ongoing conversation, multiculturalism, making sure everyone feels represented and is valued, um, you know, appropriately. <laughs> uh, so how do you feel about diversity yeah. in Web3? And then I'll, I'll ask you a little bit more about the art um, and how you've created really cool, um, diverse art because it's colorful and the people are colorful. Sometimes they even have green and purple skin. <laughs> it's very interesting. But yeah, how do you feel about diversity in Web3 more broadly? So I think like I, uh, because I started in the space also through this group, which was Women of Color, uh, it was just something that happened very organically. I'm from India, so I just wanted some sort of a representation, but it wasn't very intentional, I'll be honest. But when I started creating one or two art pieces, I just felt like I think this is, it's almost like me in all of those pieces so i kind of feel like i represent a large part of the society and thankfully i entered from a very you know uh, very uh, comfortable and very supportive group of women um so i kind of stuck to it and it wasn't like a strategy or something but i was just naturally drawn to draw women of color i mean i think just the last collection i had like green and purple and blue skin yeah. but before that i was only drawing women of color and uh, I feel like it resonates with everyone as well and uh, it looks great with the colors and I would like to stick to it because I feel like um, I, I just feel like there's some voices that need to be heard and I feel like uh, if I'm doing that then I'm very proud of it yeah nice nice no it definitely resonated with me and uh, I yeah it's nice to see especially in this web3 space I personally came from i love the multicultural community like i always talk about the dream conduit dao that i'm a part of we have like members on the executive board and like all the different corners of the globe I and mean, we definitely talk to creators um, from all different corners as well but i do you know often see whether it's on the front page of marketplaces or whether it's on the stages of certain nft conferences you know i don't see the same kind of multicultural representation like you said you know you were brought on through a group that was women of color you know kind of lifting each other up and supporting each other and i think you know i've been lucky to find the community that i've found that is very global very multicultural also like lifting our, each other up um, but i guess i hope to see more of that in the kind of maybe you call mainstream of web3 <laughs> Yes, of course. Fingers crossed. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> um, and on the green and purple skin, what what in, what inspired that? Was it uh, just kind of otherworldly, or just curious? I was just wondering how many more colors I can add. Like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was just literally. Uh, it was just like I was just trying something out. I honestly did it by mistake the first time. I was like, okay, that looks very interesting. So I just thought like this can be like another collection, but like the essence is still going to be like it just represents women of color, whether they're purple and pink, but that's fine. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm still going to stick to um, the signature style for sure. This is just a small collection that I was just trying out, and it seems to be doing well. 
No doubt. No, it is really cool. The girls, you call them? <laughs> Fashion girls. That's it. That's it. Very cool. Um, awesome. Awesome. So have you actually ventured into wearables at all um, as far as like taking your, your fashion pieces and turning them into um, things that can be worn in the metaverse and kind of walk around with these colorful, amazing dresses or uh, shirts or jackets? Have you looked into that or dabbled in that? I mean, I'm working on it uh, and uh, I'm just learning so many new software. So it's a lot of time. But I did uh, uh, did a collaboration with Fabricant. I actually, uh, they had a sort of a competition and uh, we had to submit like textile prints. Uh, so I submitted like three prints and they uh, got selected and I won a combination along with a few others. And so they had converted those into wearables, which they were selling on their platform. And it was also sold to the world of women community. Um, so that was when I actually saw my, um, you know, my prints as wearables in the metaverse. It was really amazing. There was nice. a party that happened after and it was incredible to actually see like, um, you know, someone wearing a cape, which was like that. Or like a bomber jacket which had my print so i found it really fascinating since the time that that has happened uh i've been working on like just you know how i work on obviously working on the samples digitally but also how to convert them into uh wearables it's just uh a little technical i'll get there <laughs> yeah yeah it's definitely you need to have a little bit of blender experience or uh voxel magic of voxel where I need to work harder because I've learned close 3D and that was absolutely because I've worked in fashion so it's easy for me to understand close 3D blend is where I need to like pause and spend more time on for <laughs> yeah. sure get the fine tuning down for sure yeah no the colors and the clothes and your pieces are just amazing so I'm sure naturally it'll uh It'll be very successful to have wearables that have uh, the colors like that. I wanted to ask you about your Glutton Girls. <laughs> I think that might have been the first collection I found of yours. I just thought it was so interesting. <laughs> it's like these women looking like in high fashion, just pigging out on some tasty food, <laughs> but still looking good while they're doing it, you know? So what was the kind of inspiration behind this collection? And yeah, just uh, really impressive. <laughs> My second collection, and um, I am a huge foodie, so honestly, that's where it comes from. <laughs> I'm just obsessed with like fried chicken and like things like that. Like I just love like a nice burger or something. And uh, actually, saw like a, a commercial on the television where um, they were talking about how they always show uh, you know men having like these steak burgers and all of that. And I was just like, no, I'm sure you can show women also enjoying food at some point. We're not always <laughs> supposed to be graceful and pretty and just not be messy. So that was literally where the thought came from that, you know, you can just be anybody. Just like if you, you can be a messy woman and you can still be like stink. So yeah, it has nothing to do with So I was just trying to kind of, it was almost like a fun uh, portrayal uh, of just women enjoying food like us just enjoy food the way we want to so yeah nice. i didn't think i would go ahead with the whole collection but i was just enjoying it so much while i was making it i was like okay this has to be the 11 piece collection it was a super cool <laughs> concept <laughs> yeah very cool concept awesome when it comes to blockchains are you very partial to ethereum have you looked at uh tezos or solana are you interested in minting on any other blockchains I'm interested in uh, minting on other blockchains, but so far I have al always uh, been on Ethereum. However, the clothes that um, the fabricant had uh, released, which had my prints, was on Flow. Um, okay. So that was kind of interesting as well. Um, I haven't done it on other blockchains, but I'm like, it's it's not something that I consciously do, that I don't want to go to any other blockchain. Uh, I would love to explore them, but like, I'm just like, like I said, there's just so much I'm learning every day. I just want to like take it all in and take right steps and slowly and steady and like, yeah, just get no there. Doubt. But yeah. So many I'm angles. Not over eh? to any other. Yeah, there's just so much happening. It's like evolving every single day. And like, um, I feel like, you know, for me, Web3 is not just like design or just for creators or just for people who are interested in art. I just feel like Web3 to me is just innovation. You can literally come up with anything anything 
and you can sort of make it happen. Like it can be an intersection of like physical clothes, with digital wearables, or it could be like a token, or you could have like a ticketing system for your fashion week, or like you can open a showroom in the metaverse. Like there's no end to it. So like, it's almost like how far can you go? So I'm just going to literally push myself, like how far can I go? And what can I come up with? Which is like, you know, new. Because finally there's a space where you can try anything. And, and and actually be one of the you know first people to build a foundation on because that doesn't happen in web two. They're already like I was talking this the other day that there are already brands like you know the Gucci and the Prada, which are established heritage brands, and there is no way that uh that my brand can ever, you know, uh come close to that because they've been there for years. And it I, I, it would be so hard for me to break into that market otherwise. But what I'm bringing with me is Web3, which they don't know about. And obviously, they are mm-hmm. trying to enter the market with their mm-hmm. own expertise. And like, some of them have been successful as well. But at least I don't have that. Uh, I don't come with that preconceived um, fear of like, oh, I will never be able to break into this market. In Web3, I feel like I am creating the market with everybody else. And, and that's the biggest advantage of being in Web3. No doubt, no doubt. That's that's really inspiring. And do you think that, to your point, Web three is really opening the door for fashion designers from maybe non traditional backgrounds, or I don't even know, like looking in the Western context, right? Like you just said, established brands, or even like established cities, whether it's New York or Paris, right? Kind of these centers of fashion. Do you think that maybe fashion is being decentralized? And do you think that the Web3 is opening up opportunities? I guess like what you just mentioned, right? But do you think that that's rippling, you know, across to other, you know, fashion lovers and people that are like amateur or independent would be a better word, um, fashion designers? As um, horrible as this may sound, (laughs) but the fashion industry is a bit of a a snobbish industry, unfortunately. I, you know, when we're talking about uh, gaming and uh, variables, like now, like I am very happy that things have turned around completely because as as an industry, fashion would never consider gaming as one of the important industries that can help them, especially a luxury brand would never consider gaming to be part of their, uh, you know, their company like how can gaming help us in any way but now they've had to like come down and like understand and take the web three route and understand why wearables are important and that's like that's been the beginning of all these web three the whole virtual world and gaming and all of that has become so important so they've had to well they're in collaborations with Fox and like so they've had to understand how this industry works i feel like it has been a leveler the fashion industry to really like calm down and learn new things. There are more things that you need to learn about. It's not just, like, you know, you're sort of living in your own bubble. It like becomes like an echo chamber. So I think like this was the, like the ice breaking that was fired. And uh, surely a lot of uh, big brands are learning about it. And uh, some of them are smart enough to enter the space with the help of uh, Web3 experts, which I really appreciate because I don't think you can train your innovation and design team to just understand how Web3 runs. Like they could read about it, they could read all the articles, but they will never be able to actually apply things. So you need to get someone who's actually worked in the Web3 space. So I feel like the brands are getting people from Web3 to actually join their teams are doing the smarter thing. Uh, But, you know, brands that are just like asking their current stuff to read up about it is not really gonna help. Um right. but here's one that like that that more of that happens and I, I can see there have been some very interesting interactions that have been some um some fashion events and bands who have reached out to me like would you like to consult us just to explain to us how the space works and how to build a community and also they really need to value their community a lot more than they usually do because these brands are established they already have a name so everything sells on the name whereas in web3 everything sells because of the community so i feel like they need to understand that you know you need to also they're not doing a favor on you by buying from you. You are actually also like, you know, you need to come the same level as your consumer. So nobody is like bigger or lesser than. Um, so I think that that's something that they need to learn from Web3, which I'm hoping they do. They are, but not 
everyone. <laughs> some are, some aren't. Dropped a lot of gems yes. there, I think, for any of the, the corporate fashionistas out there looking for uh, some tips. Because, yeah, I think your point is spot on as far as we've seen very well-financed brands kind of basically just throw a bunch of money at a certain Web3 project and tell their current teams to just go make it happen. And they often just contract out all the Web3 work, right? But maybe they don't know who to contract out in the best case. They just go for the one that has the best metrics or that can make the best pitch to them. But then sometimes it just flops, right? Because a lot of people can say a good game and they might have, you know, tens of thousands of followers, but that's not going to guarantee that your NFT project is successful um, in the short term or the, or the long term. So yeah, I think that whole idea of taking someone from the space and bringing them into your team and building it out in a genuine way is definitely spot on. And to your point also about the community being more valuable than just the name, just the brand. Um, and these brands, like you said, they have an awesome big global community in most cases. So all they would really have to do, to your point, is kind of turn it on its head, right? And really reach out to the community first, kind of say, this is a pl plan we have. How do you think this sounds, you know? And then like, get them involved from the beginning, right? And kind of build it up. But yeah, how do you feel about like the overall evolution of it, I guess, to just take that, you know, fine point on the, your point you just made, you know, do you think that there is going to be a community driven kind of like new era of fashion, essentially? Or do you think that those traditional brands have a risk of kind of, like you say, bringing that web two into the space and then not really evolving in the way that some of us would like to see Web3 evolve. How do you feel about the state of fashion in Web3? I would actually stay optimistic and hope that Web3 will be able to teach something to these brands that have already established themselves in the Web2 space. I think all it needs, like you said, is a bit of hand-holding. Um, uh, there are so many platforms which are already established, which have like, you know, retail platforms, which have so many buyers and like loyalty and all of the loyal customers and everything all they need to do is sort of like handhold their web to consumers to make them understand how web3 works and also the same thing for web3 i feel like we should also not be we should be welcoming which i think web3 is so far i feel like at least the experiences that i have had i've had like i mean it's been very organic the way i've increased my community of people who have joined the community it's just you know um I don't think I've ha faced anything which has been really negative in the space and I, it has been really welcoming for me. So I feel like you just have to find a common point of interest and that's all that takes in Web3 to actually like just start building a community and having like-minded people around you. So I'm hoping that Web3 sort of, you know, helps the fashion industry evolve other than the fashion industry bringing in their Web2 ideologies and trying to fit in Web3. Um, but yeah, I'm just hoping. No I, I really do hope. <laughs> so, yeah. Because yeah, we'll I come see, from very know? traditional web to fashion brands. Um, I mean, some of the brands that I worked with, I, I was telling them that this is something that you should think about because you are a sustainable brand and you are like still spending a lot of money on your sampling and designing this be the next edge that you need and they were like oh that's gonna probably happen after 10 years and i'm like no it's already happening if I open your eyes and it's all there yeah. um so yeah I, I, you can't change the minds but i just hope like that some people do understand like that this is really important and is the future um and sh one should learn about it. just be curious to learn about it you may or may not be able to implement it successfully but at least better understand what the space has to give you most definitely. Yeah. 10 years. You're, you're going to be way behind. You wait 10 years. <laughs> that's uh, that's interesting, but not surprising. I think some people just think the the whole digital space is so far away, you know, and the digital takeover. Meanwhile, people like us are here trading, you know, making money. Some are selling their artwork, selling fashion pieces, selling both physical and digital pieces together on the blockchain. So, you know, it's it's on. It's going. It's happening already. <laughs> um, so I did want to mention we have a, a mutual community that is the Avril 15 fan community. I noticed you had an awesome submission for the Avril 15 art collection. And I've always been um, inspired by the metaverse and really the lore of the metaverse that this Avril 15 project has brought in along with their really detailed, amazing, colorful artwork. I'm just curious, you know, what brought you into that community and maybe what inspired this specific piece that you submitted for their art uh, art submission earlier this year. It's a really, really cool piece, the Avril's uh, mixtape there. Uh, yeah, 
So um, Avril was one of the first, uh, I think, communities and the artwork that I saw. It was like when there were not even thousand people, I think, on the Discord. And one of my friends who introduced me to the space, she was one of them. And she was like, you have to see their art. It's amazing. And I, when I saw it, and I just blew my mind. And I was like, uh, I have to know these people at some point. Like, I need to like just meet them, speak to them, and just understand because I'm in awe of their art. I mean, that just goes without saying. But also, the community is just so, again, so supportive, so welcoming, and um, so encouraging. Uh, and I had, uh, I think, uh, I, when I started off, uh, which was a year ago, I had posted, uh, they had a coloring competition. And uh, I had taken part in that as well. Nice. And I got so many, you know, so many people got added to my community from them, which was amazing. I never expected that to happen. That's like a very solid, strong community. And it's like so positive. And like, I have never seen any like chat in the Discord, which has been like, you know, anything has been disturbing or anything which has been like negative at all it's just the best community it's super chill and it's just lovely people and um and then of course they had the season three competition i don't have an adult in now so i was i need at least three allocation ticket. i just need it nice. uh so my friend daniel khan he had uh already he was also working on one of the pieces uh and he's also an incredible artist and uh very active in the Avril community as well. So he obviously prompted me to also take part and I love the prompts that they'd given. It was nostalgia. So I literally sat down like, what does nostalgia mean to me? And it got me to think about all these things. Um, like the mixtape and like, you know, um, Tetris and all these things. So all the all the things that I could think of which kind of were nostalgic to me, I put those things together and then I splashed color on them and prints on them. And uh, yeah, I absolutely love that piece. Uh, I'm so yeah. proud of it. And I'm so there was for the adult community because, yeah, they're the best. So you got your season three allocation? Okay. Nice. Congrats. <laughs> I got my season two. We rock it for the show, actually. It's our proud PTR oh. at uh, our PFP that we always like to rock. This is our season two, Avril. Um, and uh, Jagar, shout out to Jagar. He's an amazing Voxels creator. He uh, built a uh, wearables uh, derivative of our Avril 15 helmet, the purple helmet that she has with the glasses. So, yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I'm, I'm a big so fan. Yeah, it's a really uh, interesting, welcoming and inspiring community. And I find so many artists through that community. It's just amazing. And it always kind of fits yeah. the the cyberpunk kind of brand, you know, the bright purples and blues and greens. And I just I love it. It's just uh, it's on point. <laughs> it talks so beautifully to the signature uh, style and like the ethos, like it's just the ethos that they've created. The art is just amazing. And uh, yeah, it's it's. The art is amazing and the community is absolutely brilliant as well. Word, word. Shout out to Avril15. Maybe one of these days I'll get that uh, duo on the show. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yes. I, was, I wanted to ask also, uh, as we wind down here, if anyone in the chat has any questions, your time to ask. Um, what do you have going on at NFT NYC? I know you mentioned on your Twitter that you're going to be at NFT NYC. And um, just curious if you want to, you know, uh, promote a little bit of what you're going to be talking about or where, where you'll be as far as the events. Yeah, so I am speaking on the 12th of April uh, in the evening around four with uh, another fellow fashion illustrator who's also selling her illustrations as NFTs, Adriana. Uh -huh. uh, she's lovely. And, and I have another friend, Swatlana, who is also a part of it. So we are going to be talking about um, our journeys from fashion to NFTs. Uh, Adriana has been a fashion illustrator for years now. Uh -huh. And she's selling her beautiful uh, illustrations as NFTs. I have been creating clothes and had my own brand so we're all bringing in like we're coming from very different spaces in fashion but we've all come together uh at web and you know in this space in web3 uh so we're going to be talking mostly about our journeys and i'm very excited to talk about that um because i feel like we need to bridge the gap between the web2 fashion uh, traditional industry and the web3 space which is ever changing and evolving so new um so yeah that's what's going to be happening there and uh, i'm hoping to go for all the other side events also that will be there but yeah i i, I will be uh, wearing very colorful brush bound clothes so i hope that people can spot me easily <laughs> no doubt 
no doubt well if i see you i'll know it's you for sure and i hope that we do cross paths that would be amazing awesome awesome looking at this do you come up to breathe piece i, I really love it it has awesome kind of some nostalgia text old tv on there and then it's got like the little charging logo it's just a lot happening uh, i'm just curious about the inspiration behind this piece just wanted to share it uh, for the audience yeah of course this is basically um i just felt like we we get so over with all the things that are happening around us um you know you gotta get your steps in you gotta like obviously watch your netflix you're constantly like trying to reach somewhere where you're you know we have no patience at all at all which is running uh so what this piece really signifies is that do you ever take a moment for yourself to just stop and come up to breathe from all the chaos that you're actually submerged in. Um, so that is what it basically meant. Like, you know, we're just surrounded by gadgets and like just everyday life. Like it always just becomes so heavy. So it's, <laughs> it was just a reminder that like, just take a breather. Um, I had to say that to myself also. So that's why I was like, okay, because I spent a lot of time on this piece. It was, it was hard, but yeah, I really like this piece as well because yeah. that's why I like, I feel like I use all these bright colors, but there's always like a very deep uh, meaning behind all of them. Yeah, I can dig that. I like the the philosophy behind it. You got the little broccoli up there. It says, eat your greens, little reminder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very cool. Um, so, so we do have a, a question from the chat. Shout out to Fractal. He's asking, or they're asking, do you have any other artists who you look up to that are traditional artists and not yet in the Web3 world? Oh, yes. Um, there are so many, actually, um, that I I, I uh, just recently at this um, Holy Art Gallery, which is in London and Florida. And when I was I was just looking at everyone's art, which was on canvas. And I literally just wanted that everyone, like you need to sell this as at least like i just don't know how to get in touch with so many people at the same time uh but i i can't name any one particularly but there are so many artists that i but actually a lot of my favorite artists have also come on the space so one of my favorite artists uh is jade brown who did the um the illustrations for um not world of women but the other one oh my god i'm forgetting the name but basically, I was following her illustrations for like years because it always, so I use Adobe a lot and it shows up every time I use the illustrator. So every time I see her, I used to be like, oh, wow, that, that's really amazing. And then I saw her work uh, for BFF. Oh, the BFF. And, uh, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that's Jane Brown. I know her. So like, I feel like a lot of uh, illustrators who I really love and graphic designers you know, just artists who have seen who have done digital art or, you know, canvas art have all kind of translated. Slowly, some of them have come into the NFT space. Um, there's an artist called MJ, uh, MJ Ryle, who's already on Twitter. She's pretty uh, popular. She used to host uh, Amplify Women um, on uh, Twitter spaces. She's a traditional artist and does beautiful oil paintings. And she has also been selling NFTs. So, yeah, I feel like a lot of people have made the transition, but for anybody else who wants to, uh, I'm happy to always sell and market the idea of coming onto this space always. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, it's funny. I was at uh, Art Basel Miami last year, and we went to uh, one of the art spaces and there were some nfts there i would say it was maybe like 10 15 percent of the art there had an nft connected to it and all the ones that didn't i had to ask so like oh are you on the blockchain yet like you know and then some of them would be like oh no not yet i really want to though and they'd like ask me questions and then others would just like roll their eyes like no not interested like i don't want to <laughs> put my work on the blockchain you know uh <laughs> but it's funny that you mentioned yeah. that yeah you know definitely that's what we're all about um especially at the dream conduit you know we're really trying to push uh, creators uh, to see what's possible in Web3 and really that it is a new creator economy. There's nothing stopping you. You don't have to put anything else on hold in order to come over here and try some NFTs and mint your work, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, it's yeah, an interesting I, ongoing conversation. The only thing that I can do is just talk about my journey and just hope that like that inspires somebody that like, well, I, I, I honestly tell everyone if I can do it, you can totally try it out. Uh, so, I mean, that's why I like talking about like what what's the journey that I've had because I just want more and more people to just you not actually drop a collection but just come onto the space and just speak to people who are just interested in art and like 
just have the same, you know, sort of positive, like-minded mindset. And that's all that you require, really. No doubt. No doubt. That's great advice for sure. Um, and uh, Fractal was also asking, I know you mentioned Illustrator. Do you do these pieces on Procreate or you use a combination of software? I use Procreate and Photoshop. I keep like, going back and forth between the two of them. Uh, some pieces I think I can just like, maybe finish on Procreate, but then it's when I go to Photoshop that I mess with the colors really. So that's where that happens. <laughs> Yeah, I could imagine. Yeah, that's where you get really into the weeds of the contrast and all the different <laughs> different color options, right? Yes, absolutely. No doubt. Yeah, he's saying very high quality. He's very impressed. He likes this uh, piece I got up here, which is your uh, coming up for uh, coming up to breathe. A uh, great philosophical yeah. piece. Very colorful. Still, nineteen editions yeah. left. You want to check that out on Known Origin? Check out Shreya Bon. You can get one point zero five Ethereum. Let's go. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you, Fractal, for that question. It's really awesome. So I'm wondering also when it comes to. I mean, I guess you just hit on it a little bit. Leaning on your story. Leaning on the inspiration um, behind kind of what you've been able to do and accomplish already but do you get a pushback maybe even from friends and family like are you still having to kind of defend the blockchain or at least justify the reasons to get on it and what are you saying to those people who maybe are still listening to the fud as we call it the fear uncertainty and doubt um but yeah what are you, what are your kind of uh advice to those people or talking points <laughs> i think uh it was very hard to explain it to people in the beginning because they were just like oh yeah, she's losing it <laughs> what is the matter with her because I, I also quit a job at the same time it just happened at the same time it wasn't like intentional but mm. um, I kind of was enjoying the space so much and it is demanding you have to be on Twitter you have to go on Twitter spaces and all that and obviously you enjoy it you don't even realize but it was getting really hard with having a job but it sort of happened at the same time but like yes there were a lot of questions that I had to answer in the beginning but then once like a few collections sold out and then that's when everybody I did ask a lot of my family and friends to join Twitter and see what's really happening so they can see how people are being appreciative of the art and it's not just like I'm not just sitting on Twitter and just tweeting like you can see what people actually think about your art and um, so I think that changed a lot of um you know, minds and it got a lot of time. But yes, when the market went down, then there was a lot of questions and everyone was like, what do you think? And like, how this is not really good. It's not sustainable, is it though? And like, yes, it was, it was quite a difficult question to answer because even I was feeling the hit as an artist. Of course, when mm -hmm. I started, it was a different, you know, later it was different, but I was just, according to me, and this is my personal opinion on it, is that, I think a lot of decluttering happened because of the market crashing because there were a lot of people who were there for a quick buck and mm -hmm. they could not sustain and they were like, clearly we're not making any money from this so we need to leave, which I think is a good thing because now the people who genuinely care and understand the space and are willing to change with the times are still here and are still talking about it. And the thing is that in the back end, although the market is a bit down right now, but in the back end there are just brands building there are just more and more people coming into the space and so many more interesting and innovative ideas are coming up and like you can see how music has become such a huge part of it and just so many things so i i just feel like the the expansion has been massive but the but it's only going to show like maybe a year down the line or something so people who don't have that vision and don't understand it have left and maybe it's fine uh, maybe this wasn't them, but I'm here to stay, and I just want to see how the space like evolves even more. And and kind of like, I think it had to happen. There had to be like, it, I mean, after all, it is like it is a cryptocurrency. It will go up, down, and all of those things. But I still feel like it had to happen, and it is. It happened like a sort of a connection in the community more than anything else. I love it. That's as you're taking like a, a marketing or an, an economist kind of view of the space, you know, and I think it's accurate for sure. So decluttering a correction, um, but the innovation is ongoing. The building is ongoing. Um, and definitely we see a lot of that. Honestly, these conversations have gotten better throughout the bear market, frankly, as far as my podcast, as far as talking to people like you. And like you say, getting to the real crux of the technology, getting to the real like 
value proposition of what we're doing here in Web3 and the blockchain and how it can really reverberate into society in so many ways. And most importantly, positively impact lives of creators who you know might be struggling or might have a hard time but i like that you hit on the bear market point how are you navigating it you know from a financial perspective like you say it is a little bit slower it might be a little bit harder to you know sell out right away or whatever the case may be how how do you feel you know artists should navigate it and how are you personally uh dealing with it i think um i think how i navigated it was uh aid we like to be patient which was really hard because, you know, when like you put up something, you already see like, oh, it's interesting. It. Like, you know, if it's out, that's amazing. But there had to be like uh, some sort of, like I had to change the pricing a bit for sure. I had to definitely get into editions, which is something that I had not done earlier. I went and actually took the time to go further into detailing and like, you know, um, creating a more like, expensive piece so i created like uh, the avril piece and do you come up to read like much later this was like at the peak of the bear market like when things were really not okay and i i know that they still haven't sold out but i'm i'm just happy that i took the time and i spent the time to create such elaborate pieces but they're really important to me and like i said i didn't just create them to just sell them and I've never done that even before. Of right. course, I would love my art to be with other people, but that was not the purpose that, oh, I'm just going to make 10 and I hope to sell and start making more. I'm just like, I, I'm not going to stop making art because that's just something that I will do now. So it's not like I'm going to stop making um, art at all. But yes, I have to understand that the pricing needs to be slightly different. And Maybe it's not important for me to show uh, a new work on Twitter every few days. But if I just come up and just show myself and just talk to people and just engage with them, that's probably good enough. I felt like earlier I had to like, every few days I had to like share like a work in progress, which was probably not the right strategy. But now I don't have to do that really. If I'm working on something, that's fine. If not, I can just post the old piece or just not post anything about with a picture, but just like, come and say hello to the community and just have a GM and like yeah, just, just no check <laughs> on how everyone is doing and engage with other people and communities. So there's more time to engage with people now. Otherwise, as opposed to what it was in the beginning, which where you're just trying to like, uh, it was a sales pitch, like every tweet was a sales pitch. Now it's more like about how am I engaging with the community and who all are still here and like, you know, all of those things. So I think that's the strategy. And that's a lot more um, fulfilling, right? You don't feel like you have to shill or you're really like stressing out about making the sale as much. You're more just sharing what you're up to and kind of uh, collaborating, right? And and talking to other people in a more genuine kind of free-flowing way. Yeah, absolutely. Dope, dope. Well, this has been a really amazing conversation, Shreya. I really appreciate uh, all your input, and I really hope we do uh, cross paths in NFT NYC. And I hope to see more of Absolutely. your amazing, colorful fashion in the metaverse as well. <laughs> and yeah, it's going to be really cool. And then, really, congratulations on all the success that you've uh, found so far. Everybody can go uh, follow Shreya on Twitter at Shreya underscore Ban. That's S H R E Y A underscore B H A N. And uh, definitely hope that uh, you continue. Well, sounds like you've got no plans of slowing down. <laughs> Keep uh, plugging away. Did you have any uh, final questions or statements for us before we uh, wind down here? Uh, no, not really. Thanks so much. This was a great conversation. And uh, I, I just hope that if, if it helps people stay in this market, even though it's looking a bit tricky, but like, let's just all hold on and be positive. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was absolutely wonderful. And I'm definitely going to see you at NFT NYC. Look forward to it. Dope, dope. We'll make it happen for sure. Well, thank you everyone who's tuned in on the live stream. We'll have the podcast live on the major networks by tomorrow, and we'll have the video archive as well up by tomorrow on YouTube. And uh, until next week, we'll catch you all in the metaverse. Take care. Peace out.